All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Uh, another exciting episode of Fight and Crime. I'm here today to talk about UFC 274, Oliveira vs. Gaethje. Pulse fight. And I want to start from the bottom up, like normal. Um, Blagoy Ivanov, I'll start there. I kind of work my way up. I don't know if I'm going to go through every single fight, but Ivanov, in my opinion, I thought really started coming on. I mean, he won the fight, but he really started coming on late. And Marcos, that guy, man, that guy's got jackhammers. But Ivanov, I just thought, I, I thought really started coming on late. Started landing some good good strikes. Like second second to third round is when he really showed up, you know, kind of mid, mid to late second when he really showed up and really, really kind of pulled ahead a little bit. Um, man, Marcos is an animal though, man, that guy, he almost, they almost had each other out, you know, in the first round, just the first round alone, they, they wobbled each other, you know, and, and throughout the whole fight, just jackhammers, man, these guys are just throwing bombs at each other. And, uh, it's funny because you see big ass guys like that and they don't, they don't, they don't, it, they really weren't going, getting overexerted doing this. But it's like when they landed flush, it was just like, pow. I mean, you could see the other guy. And it's just, just you know, an everyday, uh, you know, a little more aggressive than a sparring match punch. Is kind of what I'm uh, uh, comparing it to. But, man, when they land, it's 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 giant. You know, and these, these guys are vets. These guys have been in the game a while, especially uh, Ivanov. Well, good fight, man. I, I, I really enjoyed that one. I, I, I like heavyweights myself, you know, back when we used to do uh, Illegal Level Radio, I had uh, my own top 10 heavyweights, you know, I did, actually I think it was top 20, but they had a couple honorable mentions, stuff like that, but I used to do a pretty uh, concise list, I used to base it on, there was three points of, for the criteria, it was uh, how often do you fight, who are you fighting, uh, how often do you fight? Quality of opponent. Yeah, and there was something else. But anyway, um, I used to do that. And I, I, I don't know. It, I, depending on how this goes, I may bring that back, you know, but I, I have nowhere to post it. I don't really have a website. It's just mainly just the uh, Buzzsprout account. But maybe I'll just do my, uh, I'll do the list and, and announce it every now and then. I don't know. Like I said, it's just something I did in the past. It was on a website and everything. You could probably find the website. It's somewhere, but legalovo.blogspot.com. I, I don't know. Whatever. That that sounds good. That's, a, that's an email address. But <laughs> but anyway, um, Brandon Royval and Matchnell. Matchnell looked awesome in this fight. It just really sucked that... I mean, for him, it really sucked. Brandon Royval looked great, but... It just, Matt Snell was really going after it. And he really started landing some nice, nice shots. But one little slip up, man. And Brandon Royval will get your ass. And and sure enough. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm, you know, even in losing, I'm still excited to see what Matt Snell does. Because I, I think that it was like the Tony Ferguson fight. He looked so good. You know, and I don't want to skip ahead. but Because um, that was like the highlight of the night. But oh my gosh. But, man, Macy Chason, in my opinion, was losing this fight by a mile, I thought. 
I don't know what, what she did. I'd have to look at the numbers, but I don't know what, maybe not, I shouldn't say a mile. It, it was probably a lot closer to what I was seeing, but I just thought Norma Dumont was doing more of the damage. She was, uh, I don't know. I guess maybe it's the numbers. It's the Macy, maybe maybe in the long run, Macy Chase on maybe was maybe more, more active. I just thought Norma Dumont was doing all the damage. I mean, she was really landing the bombs. Maybe just accumulative, it was a lot less than I thought. That's got to be what I'm thinking, or you know, that's what I'm thinking. It's got to be is the, the the difference there. But I just thought Norma Dumont looked better. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of ground involved. They were they were both just throwing throwing. I mean, Norma was throwing some bombs, man. That girl, I, I I'm even looked like Matt uh, Schnell. Even in losing, I'm excited to see what she does next because she's she's a powerful chick, man. But hey, Chase on got the W. Um, Good for her, you know. I, I would have liked to have seen more from her, you know, to get, to get a win. I would have liked to to seen more from her, but, just saying, maybe it was an off night for her. Who knows? Uh, Trinaldo, man, this guy. I'm telling you, man. I I was counting on Danny Roberts, man, because I thought it's just uh, Francisco Trinaldo guy. He can't be doing this forever. I think he's. I know he's at least forty years old. Let me make a no. Forty three. Sorry, my bad. Maybe I was thinking forty two. But uh, I know somebody else is 40. Maybe I'm thinking Clay Guido here. I don't know. But there's a lot of guys that are getting up in that age, man. UFC has got to start finding uh, new. Uh... They are. They are. But they gotta. They got to find new stars, man. Their stars are all falling off. Not that Trinaldo and Clay Guido are major stars or something. Clay Guido is a big name. But Trinaldo, man, this guy cannot stop himself, man. This guy, 43 years old, it looks unstoppable. Well, not unstoppable, but the guy looks great. And fighting a, a young buck like Danny Roberts, and, and Roberts look, had his had his moments look great. Um, I, I just, I really hoped more for Roberts myself, just being me. You know, I want to see some newer, newer names get in there and, uh, you know, get moving up the ladder here, you know what I mean? Not not taking nothing away from uh, Trinaldo because he was impressive, man. He looked great the whole night. So, but uh, how long is this guy going to be able to go? You know, 45, 40, 46 years old? I mean, I would think he'd already be kind of declining a little bit or somebody would knock his block off and maybe he would start to, to dwindle, you know, dwindle a little bit here. But no, not yet. No, this guy fights like, you know, Fights like early 30s. He fights like 33, not 43, but interesting, man, for sure. Randy Brown, man, wow. <laughs> and, uh, man, Chaos Williams, my gosh. Talk about jackhammers, man. Anybody fighting this guy should be nervous because it's like if you make one wrong move, man, he put Randy Brown on his ass a few times, man. That was nasty. And, uh, I mean, Randy Brown still still got the win, and it was nothing but respect, you know, at the end of the fight, which was cool. I I, uh, I always appreciate that when people can bury, you know, any uh, – I don't even really know if they had any animosity, but, you know, some guys can't go in there and, and throw bows at somebody that they, that they like. They got to almost dislike them. It's kind of like a, a Nate Diaz thing. I don't think Nate Diaz can go into a fight liking somebody. Maybe, but – I think for a, maybe with him maturing, maybe, you know, getting older and maturing, maybe he can. But I know as a younger guy, he had to hate your guts. And plus he was selling the fight. But 
um, I just really don't think that he was able to go in there liking somebody and being able to do a proper fight that he wants to do. You know what I mean? And but but anyway, anyways, by making that point, um, these guys smoothed it over whenever the fight was done. But Randy Brown, man, he looks he looks slick in that fight, really slick, man. Just he's moving like a uh, you know he's got like a um, a boxer kind of move, like a sweet science, you know what I mean, kind of look to him. <laughs> but then again, at the same time, with his kicks and stuff like that, it, it looked it looked really slick, man. I was impressed, but. And, and it, so much more, his fight knowledge is far past Chaos Williams. But when Chaos landed, man, it was it was Chaos. <laughs> it, it, it rung Randy's bell and got him thinking, okay, I need to correct this. And he looked a lot better in the second round, but still got caught, you know, uh, I think another two times. He got caught in the first really bad, almost uh, – he put him on his ass. I think in the second round, he, I don't think he put him down, but he caught him, caught him real nasty, real bad. Maybe it was a quick knockdown, but he was able to get back up, having a uh, having a time remembering. But uh, moving along, we got uh, Saint Prue and uh, Mauricio Shogun, who I have zero desire to watch either of these guys. No, no bagging on either of them, but maybe a little bit on Saint Prue because it's, I, and I'll I'll say why. But Mauricio uh, Shogun, who He's got nothing to be ashamed of, man. He came in there. He was fighting a very, uh, um, he was attentive. But I think it, what his game plan was, was he was going to be, he was playing the counter puncher. He's playing the counter striker. And over St. Brew kind of has that, that, that same thing about him where he kind of, you know, bases his, his moves on yours. So it made a bit for a, a Rosenam Yunus, Carlos Barza part two kind of fight. Which you know I'm jumping ahead here, but those two fights may they could have just disappeared from the card and it wouldn't have made any difference. As a matter of fact, it would have been a better card if those two fights weren't on there. It was a total letdown, you know. And I mean, yeah, Ovin St. Prue squeaked it out by maybe a punch or two. And I'm what I'm what I'm saying by Ovin St. Prue is I, I I was saying I'll maybe give him a little bit of shit. This fucking guy used to look really good. I mean, this guy fought John Jones to fucking decision. And looked pretty good doing it. And ever since, it's like, what the fuck is going on here? I think I think after that, he got knocked out. I don't know if it was uh, Blo- uh, Blokovic that knocked him out. Somebody knocked him out since the Jones fight. That's what I'm thinking. And he hasn't, he hasn't been the same since. It's like he's too tentative. He doesn't dictate any pace ever. You know, I always used to ask, what Ovin St. Brew are you going to see? Who's going to show up? The one that wants to kick ass and go in there and dictate the pace, or the one that wants to just lackadaisical wait for you to make the first move, and then he's going to make a move based on that or not make a move at all. You know what I mean? Which one are we going to see? And I, I'm telling you, I haven't seen the one that was that wanted to get in there and and uh, dictate the pace. I haven't seen that guy in years, and it's it's to the point where it's almost pissing me off. And like I said, no, straight up, no disrespect to the guy. Because I used to love watching him fight. Now I just don't. I just really don't like watching him fight anymore. It's it's gotten stale, man. And it's like, and these two guys paired up. And like I say, no disrespect to Mauricio Hua, but it's like for him going for him going out, you know, in, in a um. I mean, if you wanted to go on on like a sparring 
sparring match, go out on a match like that where it's not really contested too much, you pick the perfect opponent. Because Ovid St. Preux, I mean, now we know when he goes in there, not much is going to happen from him. You know, and I'd be shocked if UFC keeps him after this because, sure, he's got to win, but he's been a win-loss, 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 loss 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 I mean, it's just ridiculous. I, l- let me let me get a tally here. Five, ten. We got four, four wins, six losses in his last ten. Two and three in his last five. So, I mean, he's not even batting five hundred. I mean, so I don't know. I I just like I say I don't know what UFC is going to do with this guy going forward, but. You know, obviously, Mauricio Shogun, who I, just, I think they said this was his retirement fight. I don't remember if he said he was retiring or not or planning on doing another one. It's like, I didn't think he looked bad. He didn't He didn't look like old Mauricio, obviously, because he's a, he's a lot older. He's This guy's been in the game. I mean, come on. Let's a quick look here. 2002. He's been in the game 20 years, you know. If he fights in December, it'll be officially 22 years. Well, sorry, he fights in November, it'll be 22 years. But uh, 27 and 13, I mean, it's not, you know, we're almost 50%. But, uh, you know, and, and I mean, he's been in wars. Wars, man. Going back to Pride, you know, a lot of fights in Pride, man. He's got a lot of fights in Pride. A good 10, 12, I don't know. I didn't get an exact count, but I'm kind of moving along here. But 40 years old, man, and I don't, I don't, uh, oh, that's the other guy that was 40 years old. Not uh, Francisco, it's it's St. Prue. St. Prue's 39, okay, that's that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, Ovin St. Prue's 39, Mauricio's 40. Mauricio's been, been fighting a lot more, though. I mean, we we, we need to. He's been in a lot more wars, that's for damn sure. We got well, twenty six to sixteen, but I mean the difference in competition, yeah, it's it's a lot different, especially back if you want to go back to steroid days. You know, there's a lot, a lot of days in Pride where there was there, <laughs> they, were, they weren't checking for steroids. I don't think they were ever checking for steroids, and uh, yeah. So anyway, anyhow, um, moving along, Michael Chandler, Tony Ferguson. I've never been a really big fan of Tony. I think this, and I'm going to tell you why. It's not because he's not a good fighter. He's a fucking great fighter, man. He's got to be one of the worst trash talkers I've ever seen. It's, it's in, in back-to-back fights where he, this is a while ago too, but, and he's never really done much better. Some kind of funny stuff that he did with, uh, you know, Maybe three, four years ago, he had some funny stuff. Like the 70,000, that was maybe a, a year ago or two years ago, whatever. Dana, you know, 70 white, you know, Dana, Dana white privilege or something, whatever. All that stuff he brought up, that shit was kind of funny. I'll give him a lot of credit for that. That shit was funny. But when you go back to when he was calling out Conor McGregor, come on, McNugget, you fucking piece of shit. And he said it two times, back-to-back fights that he won. Come on, McNugget, you fucking piece of shit. I just thought that was so stupid. And that's just one example of the, really the bad trash talk I thought he had. It just, it just sounded flat. It, it sounded, it didn't sound uh, legitimate at all. It, it sounded kind of fake. You know, it it just, it sounded like maybe it might have even been rehearsed a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going off on a tangent here, but I honestly, straight up, 
Tony, I have a lot more respect for Tony now than I did before Saturday. Even in him losing, getting head kicked, knocked out, because he looked awesome in that fight, man. He had he had first round in the bag. I mean, no problem. He looked great in the first round. But it's just, if I think if Michael didn't land that kick, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I think it was. I don't want to call it lucky because. If you see someone's, uh, the whole entire middle is open, that's a perfect time for that head kick like that. That's a perfect time for it. We've seen it a number of times over the years. You know, Anderson Silva, uh, uh, Machida, you know. So, I mean, those are just a, just a couple. You know, we've seen uh, a, at least a few others, you know, that were, that were head kick knockouts and nasty. And, I mean, this is just another one, you know, and this is probably one of the best-looking ones. Absolutely nuts, man. Just 17 seconds into the second round. Just bam. And you see the pictures on the internet. I'll probably post it for this. Uh, which, if you're listening to this, you've already seen it probably. But, I mean, it's a hilarious picture, and I hate to make fun of the guy because it's it, what a rough loss, man. I mean, it was it was like kick to the face. No... No, no, uh, back, back, you know, no groundwork off his back. No, nothing out cold. I mean, just connection deck, but that fast connection, bam, right to the deck. And Michael Chandler, I mean, I'm not saying he looked bad and I'm not even, I'm not even getting at that at all, but in the first round he was losing, you know, he was losing that fight, but you know, the guy's got great cardio. He does have good cardio. Yeah. He does start to fade towards the championship rounds, but I don't know, man. I, I just, I don't know. How, how, how would it have looked, you know, in the third, fourth? Would Tony have come on more? Who knows? It may have looked even worse if he never landed that kick. So, I don't know. That's kind of one way to look at it. But, man, what a fucking beautiful knockout. And, and uh, credit, credit, man. Credit where it's due. Michael Chandler, that looked fucking beautiful, man. Uh, I, I, I take nothing away from him, man. I take nothing away from Tony either. And that, that first round was, was uh, picture perfect, man. He, he fought a perfect round. And then just bam, out of nowhere. But the first fight, or the, the worst fight of the night, maybe the worst fight of the year. Uh, Carla Esparza, Rose Namajunas, number two. I just, I didn't get it, man. Why? Why? I mean, I get, I do get it, kind of in a sense, because it's like, okay, you got two girls that have fought before. Carlos Sparza won. Let's see how far, how how long ago that was. Let's take a quick look here. So I, I want to say 2013, but I think that's too long ago. No, 2014. Okay, I was close. December 2014. It was on the uh, Ultimate Fighter 20. Uh, it, he beat, she beat Ro, Rose Namunis. So. They get back in there, and neither one do anything for, I mean, you guys saw it. You don't need me to explain it. It was just, lackluster doesn't even, it doesn't even, doesn't even describe it. It was just utter dumpster fire. And, I, you know, and I'm not even going to, rather than bag on them both, they both should have lost that, that night. I know you got to have a winner, but I, I, I almost... Keith Peterson pissed me off because he should have said, ladies, we need to fucking work here. Jason Herzog, uh, Mark Goddard, probably would have done that. I don't know. Keith Peterson, is he doing like the uh, Mazzagatti thing? 
You know, where he's going, like Daniel was saying, he's going, he's going over his fucking grocery list in there. You know, he can fucking milk and fucking bologna and fucking ham and cheese. You know, I mean, I don't get it. Why would you let them stand around and fucking do nothing for three or four rounds before they, before one of them threw something? I mean, it was like literally the third round before they started really throwing anything. And it wasn't much. We're talking single digit fight, uh, strikes. Never went anywhere near the ground, yeah, because they weren't engaging enough. So, yeah, just zero engagement. Just, it should have been, hey, you, you, I, you know, I, I, you know, I really think when you have a fight like that, you call it a no contest. You get no fucking credit for it. You don't get a win. You don't get a loss. No contest because you didn't even show up. So, therefore, it was a, it wasn't not a contest. I mean, who agrees? I think that should be a thing. If you can't show up to fight, neither one of you, it's a no contest. You don't get any fucking credit for it. And if, and if UFC should make a rule that if you get a no contest for just not showing up like this, it's an automatic, say, I don't know, $10,000 fine or $10,000 out of your purse. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's a little too ruley for some. You know, for me, it's like, it's like the pride yellow card needs to come into play so somehow, some way. I don't know. But, uh, but anyway, man, to top this all off. I hope these girls learn from this because you can't do that again. That's that was fucking ridiculous. But uh, Gaethje, it's kind of like the Tony fight with uh, Tony Ferguson, Michael Chandler. Tony Ferguson looked fucking fantastic in the first round. The same thing with uh, Justin Gaethje. He looked he looked fucking great in the first round until one little mistake, man. And Charles Charles Oliveira is a f- animal. Once he's anywhere near your back, he's a magnet. He just sticks to your back. Rear naked choke. I mean, it's... You cannot let him anywhere near your back, man. And he's proved it several times, you know. And Justin Gaethje was doing really, really good in that that first round. But sure enough, it's only a matter of time, you know. There's not a whole lot to really say about it. It's Justin Gaethje looked awesome until he got caught. But it was the same thing he kind of did with... uh, uh, damn it, Khabib. Same thing he did with Khabib. He looked really good until he got caught. You know, I, I would say he looked better in this fight than he did with against Khabib, though, obviously, but Khabib does what he does. Khabib did what he does. You know what I mean? He, he was able to just get, get a hold of him, get him to the ground his way. It was a little bit different with Charles. Charles had to take some strikes, you know. I don't know how long Charles is going to be able to do this, Taking these strikes like this, somebody's, you know, somebody might ring his bell enough to where he might go out long enough to where somebody can finish him off, you know, because he's taking some, he's ta- he is taking some strikes in these fights and, and hitting the deck. And luckily, some of these uh, referees are letting it go to where he's not, he's able to, to defend himself. And, and he is defending himself. So I'm not, I'm not bagging on him. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I don't, man. It was a great night of fights. Besides the the huge cluster Fs that were that you know you already heard me talk about. So I don't want to continue on getting ridiculous about it. But uh, in other news, Scott Coker, if Yoel Romero keeps winning, future fight with Gagar Bisasi is likely. I like that. Rose Diamond Yunus apologizes for UFC 274 performance. Sorry to everyone. I fucked up. 
Hey, you know, I and that that's that's a I I can appreciate that, you know. You know, she was uh too well, yeah, I don't want to go over it again, man. The, both girls were just too too respectful to the other ones changes and how much better they look since they fought the first time and that was that was the thing man it was it was uh heavyweight champion for fighting uh Derek Lewis all over again you know and Gano and Lewis I mean it was ridiculous but uh yeah see I, I Dana's think Dana's thinking the same thing I'm thinking well he had probably already thought it before I did but <laughs> Dana went impressed by Tony Ferguson prior to KO. He looked damn good. I I strongly agree, man. Uh <laughs> Jessica Andrade rips strawweight title fight. Of course she does. Challenges boredom champion Carlos Esparza. <laughs> that's that's good, man. That's good stuff. But anyway, guys, I'm going to um Brandon Moreno, Kai Kara France, interim flyweight title bout in the works for UFC 277. Nice. I like it. Brandon Moreno, I think, deserves a shot to be headed back for the belt, in my opinion. I think that decision was, was bullshit. I, I, I disagreed with that, that last loss he took, but, but whatever. You know, I thought it could have been a, a draw, but anyway. I appreciate you guys uh, tuning in, and uh, I am almost done with the crime side of things, my first uh, outing. I'm almost done with part one of Ed Gein, so stay tuned for that. It's coming. Sorry, I know I'm taking longer than I, than I expected, but uh, I'm getting to it. So, And thanks for sticking around, man. I appreciate it. See ya.